and welcome back to the Novelty Podcast, where we read the books so you don't have to. My name is Mar. And my name is Sadie. And the book that we're going to be getting into this week, it is kind of crazy. It's a wild one. Honestly, (laughs) when we were reading it, I mean, we'll get into it, but when we were reading it, I feel like it just got more and more wild. It definitely was not what I was expecting. What were you thinking, Mara? It was going to be bad. Honestly, I didn't know it was going to be so intense. <laughs> but it was it was good. I mean, yeah. First impressions, bro. I mean, first impressions. Okay, I definitely thought this book from the little bit that I knew about it. It's called My Year of Meats by Ruth Ozeki. And she, like recently, she just won um, a prize for the women's fiction, like a women's fiction prize. Like she's like an incredible writer. Mm -hmm. And so this was one of the books that I had heard was good, but I didn't know much about it. I mean, on the front is like a cow being held by chopsticks. So like you kind of get the idea that it's like going to deal with like meat. It's going to deal with maybe um, some different cultural uh understandings of food or just kind of like views of it and then it kind of branches out even into more so i think like the cover gives you a a few clues of what it's going to be like but i didn't know to what extent yeah it was i definitely think based off of the description on the back which we decided not to tell you guys this time just because it kind of just tells you the whole story story. (laughs) but based off the description on the back I did not know it was going to be so personal, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah, true. I really thought it was going to be, like, scientific. I was like, all right, I'm about to read this book about me. But it was (laughs) was actually, yeah, it was more personal. Because it is a novel. It's not nonfiction. It is a novel, but there's a lot of realism in it to Mm. make it feel like, oh, this could have legitimately happened. I mean, some of it in the book did happen, but I think... So much of it, it's set in the context of a story, mm-hmm. but it makes you, it reads like a lot of this is like journalistic yeah. almost. But yeah, it definitely, did. I didn't think it was going to be so. I didn't think it was going to be good. Of course. I'm, oh! <laughs> I'll be <laughs> honest with you. I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this book. Yeah. And of Wait, course I didn't. Not? Well, because I personally am not the type of person that like picks up something that seems kind of like scientific right, right, and it's right. like oh I want to I want to learn right. I usually pick up books because I want to I want to be for fun or I want to I want to be somebody else or oh, be okay, in a yeah. fantasy world get into the world you know yeah. um but I actually really liked this yeah it was really interesting I mean okay so I mean we could just get into it so like we said this is called My Year of Meats by Ruth Ozeki and so basically the book is divided into 12 chapters and mm-hmm. they're a chapter for each month of her life so she's literally taking you through one year of her life and basically it follows this character named jane it's her job as she travels um and shoots a documentary in like tiny towns like rural little towns across the u.s but she's basically she's shooting the show in the u.s but it's for um japanese distribution and family so the tv show's purpose was quote unquote, to foster among American Japanese housewives a proper understanding of the wholesomeness of the U.S. meats. So basically like this documentary that Jane's filming is essentially to distribute in Japan Mm -hmm. to basically increase meat purchases like U.S. like American distributed meat purchases. So Mm -hmm. it's like there's this I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, it's like there's this uh, company and they signed with um, Japanese like imports to basically their like U.S. meat to mm-hmm. be sold in Japan. And so then there's this advertising agency and they wanted to they're like, how do we get these Japanese 
women to Mm -hmm. buy and prepare this U.S. meat, like this American meat. So then like they came up with this whole idea of this show. So that's why she's filming it. And Jane is Japanese American. So her dad's from Guam in Minnesota, which I had no clue. tiny town and her mom is japanese um and so she kind of talks about like that interaction and that like that dynamic of her being the director and kind of like not technically the director i guess she's like the what is it the videographer for yeah so she kind of just she's not the director, but she helps like the film make sure that they get the right shots. Yeah, but she doesn't get smoothly. to call like mm-hmm. cut or things like mm-hmm. that. So she kind of talks about like how interesting like that position is for her to be Japanese American, mm-hmm. to be working with the like values and goals that the Japanese ad agency has mm-hmm. for her, like what they want the show to look like. But then for her and her journalistic integrity, and for her like like. she wants to be a serious documentarian and so like for her she's kind of feels caught in between of like once she starts basically learning and we'll get into once she starts learning more and more about like the meat industry in america she wants to show a different side of things so she kind of talks about like her position as being japanese american and then kind of being in between these two cultures of filming and um being in the u.s and working and talking with all these like different kinds of american families but then also trying to like appease the japanese ad agency it's very interesting Mm -hmm. it talks a lot about like different cultural elements there which i think is like pretty unique but yeah so the book kind of goes into a bunch of different stories Mm -hmm. like little stories so kind of like each chapter it's her basically meeting with a family and it slowly starts off with me with like a very i don't know very generic family like the japanese ad agency wants like a very simple basic family and so it starts there and then but the book slowly evolves into um her name is jane obviously it involves like jane basically opening up the eyes of the japanese viewership to all the kinds of families that are in america you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like very different sorts of families that the Japanese maybe wouldn't typically see on TV because I feel like they're presented with like the very clean cut, basic two kids, parents, boom, that's the family. And so this Jane goes on to be able to basically be like, no, there's so many different types of families in the US. Like I'm not just going to film one type. So Mm -hmm. basically every chapter is like her meeting a new family. Um, And I don't know. I mean, what, what I guess was your favorite part, least favorite part of the book? Like, as you kind of, as the book kind of goes on, what do you, what was well, your, like some of your favorites? Lisa? I think it's interesting because, so the man named John, who is actually the person that runs this whole entire thing, he's like mm-hmm. the big boss. Uh, he's he's the one in Japan. He's like in the ad agency. Yes. And she actually, Jane actually used to work for, for him a long time ago. And then she like wakes up in the middle of the night and he's like, I got a job for you. And she's like, I'm a starving artist. I will take anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's working for this man named John. And so even though her idea of coming into this is like, I want to show another side to like our culture and things mm-hmm. like that. He wants it to be very strict in a mm-hmm. very certain way. He's like, I only want white people. Yeah. They need to be pretty. They mm-hmm. can't be fat. They have to be, mm-hmm. you know, super thin i want them to be attractive but then also not too attractive to the point where it threatens the japanese woman because they're also trying to show 
they're just trying to bring that culture mm-hmm. to ja- Japan, mm-hmm. basically. And they, they want these um, Japanese women to cook like them, kind of look like them, talk like them. It's like a whole... Also, it's kind of like a sneaky way to really keep Japanese, specifically as the book refers to them, Japanese housewives yeah. in a certain way. They yeah. want them to stay within like certain parameters. They don't want them to get too adventurous they don't want to get too career focused like they and so by creating this kind of show Mm -hmm. it's like oh well american housewife women this is what they act like look like so they're really like trying to like you're saying like cater and create a specific view of this is what an ideal woman looks like and you should too yeah and so i really like how jane like throughout this book she kind of pushes back Mm -hmm. because she's the reason why she took this on is because she wanted to show a different side of culture she wanted to you know break down those barriers of people being racist and like the stigmas that it comes with being all these different type of races so she wanted black people in there she wanted asian people in there she wanted white people she wanted everybody um but john specifically only wanted white people and so i think it's it's very interesting how she she makes it kind of her mission without mm-hmm. even meaning to. She's like, if I'm going to be on this, I'm going to push the boundaries a little bit, which you'll see later on how she gets in trouble <laughs> for. But I, I think I love that aspect yeah. of her. She's like, I'm yeah. going to show American culture the right way. Yep. You know? Absolutely. I The one story I think of the most was actually the... I can't remember where this family was, but um, they had... It was it the Martinez family? Yes. Martinez family? Yeah, it was a Martinez family who immigrated from Mexico and because they wanted their son to be born an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just thought that it was so interesting because they were talking about, like like you're saying, Marv, just kind of showing every type of family makes up an American family. Like yeah. there's no, I think the, the, um, the kind of family that the ad agency wanted to like illustrate is just so small-minded so narrow-minded and it's definitely it was definitely to curate like a specific view of women and a view of like american women specifically to japanese women to be like oh this is what you should emulate but then i also love the um louisiana family where there was like the 10 adopted korean children and how they all got a say in if they were going to add to their family every year if Mm -hmm. they're going to adopt more i loved it and so yeah there was like all these focuses on really illustrating so many kinds of families like Mm -hmm. what family can look like and i love that um okay what was like one of your least favorite parts of the book well i i also yeah i found it interesting that like in this documentary that they were filming like there there was a structure for every single one they Mm -hmm. introduced the couples they kind of try to show a love story type of thing they try to keep it entertaining yeah but then the main part would be when the woman was making the meal right the meat meal and it would be the meat meal the meat meal (laughs) okay get that at mcdonald's um (laughs) (laughs) they had the meat meal um but it would be very interesting things that i've never even heard about like roast beef with pepsi on top and like that was insane to me it's crazy crazy i didn't even i would have never even thought yeah. Yeah. And so my I think the like the first one starts off uh with a woman named Susie Flowers, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, kind of showing her family and you know, she's they they seem quite normal, but what she fi- comes to find is like she goes out to buy this meat because they know they're going to film this later mm-hmm. and, and she comes back and she didn't realize the expectations that they this film crew had for her mm-hmm. and her husband didn't even want to do this. And so he's kind of getting embarrassed that she didn't have anything prepared mm-hmm. because they wanted her to Film. They wanted her to have tons of different areas yeah. throughout like the recipe. Like have it all prepped 
as yeah. if they were going to film it on each different step and then yeah. they didn't want to waste time. Yeah, like, I mean, but who would know that? Yeah, like, who what, would know what, that? What person would know that? And at the, like, her husband's so irritated with her mm-hmm. that, like, at the end they decided to, like, take a survey mm-hmm. kind of about their marriage so people could know more about who they are. Mm-hmm. And there was a section that, that, that said, like, have you ever had an affair? And she checks no and they zoom in on his and he goes, and he checks yes. And then they, like, put this weird, like, boing sound over it like for the film and she was just like her whole life just ripped to shreds Mm -hmm. in three seconds and then he he's honest on camera to her telling her like yeah i had an affair with somebody else when i was away and like i'm so fed up with you basically and he leaves but they filmed the beginning of this the beginning of their show was them kissing because they were asking, well, why are we filming the end first? And Jane's like, well, sometimes in shows you film the end before the front. It just works that way. And so they end that episode with them kissing and as if everything was okay when mm-hmm. in reality the watcher, the Japanese women wouldn't know that actually like he had left mm-hmm. and all these. So it was just blowing my mind that they were okay with yeah. lying to yeah. like these Japanese women to make them think like, if this happens to you, wow. well, suck it up. You're good to go where, yeah. you know, you keep going. Like, the man's allowed to treat mm-hmm. you that way. Well, and that definitely, that story comes up so, so that's kind of the first story in, like, tw- in, like, a bunch of little stories at every chapter. And, but that one really sticks with Jane, like, throughout the whole book because she really was like, oh, my gosh, the power of, you know, being invited into someone's home and having these kind of conversations like she didn't realize but she basically felt so that kind of like she felt guilty throughout the book of basically what they did because she knows the power of like how you can actually be an excellent documentarian and show truth about different situations but what they did by like they basically because of it was being filmed and um, produced in a certain way to look a certain part mm-hmm. that when they would release it in Japan, it would look all clean cut and yeah. all like nothing was wrong. Because of that, she f- she started really feeling like the, I don't know, like the gap between what they were actually doing and what was being produced. And I think mm-hmm. that's where you're saying it kind of starts her like inner turmoil and her anger of like no wanting to show actual truth, like yeah. wanting to show things that actually happen. Yeah. Um, okay, wait, what surprised you? most about this book okay (laughs) (laughs) so in order to get into this we got to introduce a character to y'all her name is akiko correct akiko Mm -hmm. akiko um and she happens to be the wife of the man in charge Mm -hmm. john which in japan so yes there's jane in the u.s and then john which his that's like not his actual given name but he wants to he wants to be referred to as john that's Mm -hmm. another way that he's kind of really he kind of like almost like idolizes like a certain aspect of what he thinks American culture is. And so he like wants to be, so he wants to be called John. So it's, there's Jane in the U.S. and then there's Akiko in Japan. Yeah. Yep. And so this whole, the whole book basically has these two women, they're kind of like in parallels. So while Mm -hmm. Jane is recording these things, Akiko is at home being forced to watch them and give her review Mm -hmm. um, because this is what John wants to do since it's his show. And he, we quickly come to find that he is abusive. He is angry. Mm-hmm. He wants things a certain way. And basically, he asks for her opinion, but in reality, he just wants to hear that the show is good. Mm-hmm. And so he starts off by giving her these little sheets of like, was it authentic? Was it, you know, 
did you like the meat? Because mm-hmm. he also mm-hmm. makes her prepare every makes single meat. Everyone. It's crazy. It's insane. And if she doesn't prepare it the right way, like yeah. he like yeah, it's just crazy. So I think the thing that surprised me is the fact that this show was being aired out into Japan, but it was actually affecting people. Like, because you never really got to see other people that it affected, but it was mm-hmm. affecting uh, Akiko, and we got to watch how, like, her life unraveled because mm-hmm. of this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was so... Yeah, that was so interesting to me, especially because, like, what you're saying when she would kind of re- review them and mm-hmm. say, like, oh, authenticity or the food or whatnot... When she would talk about the sh- so Jane starts to go on to kind of like push the boundaries with what she's filming. So she's like, no, I'm going to I'm going to illustrate what like diverse families in all of America looks like. I'm mm. not going to like I'm not doing this of what you guys want anymore. Like I'm going to show what it actually looks like. Like it's such a narrow mindset you guys have. So she starts just filming all different kinds of families. And. So the the ones that are most impactful to Akiko in Japan are the ones that Jane's filming and kind of going against the grain yeah, and filming more authentically. And so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I think, well, for me, what surprised me the most about this book, I did not know about the hormone. Yes. I I think that genuinely surprised me most because I know it's it mentioned it on the back like, oh, the hormones in the meat industry. But I was not prepared for that whole discussion. Yeah. I think it's kind of crazy. So basically, the about halfway through the book, you Jane starts kind of learning about this hormone. And it's called DES. So basically, it's a man-made estrogen that was first synthesized in 1938. So essentially, they create this man-made estrogen and then they start using it in beef production. And apparently, like, the FDA, there was, like, minimal to no regulations on this thing. Mm. Yeah. So, basically, this hormone is crazy. It does a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And it's called DES, which, what does that stand for again? It's a man-made estrogen. Oh, I don't, I cannot pronounce this. It's Dilithstilbestrol. If you want to know, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's basically a man-made estrogen, and it was synthesized in 1938, and pretty much it was used in, like, beef production, and mm-hmm. there was simply, like, no FDA regulations. Yeah. And so what that what happens is, like, farmers are big fe- feedlots. What they would do is they would start pumping this hormone into the beef, um, mostly and cows. And chickens sometimes. And, yeah, yeah, and chickens sometimes, but mostly, mostly the beef because this show also was – kind of around red meats mm-hmm. so the red yeah. meats they pump them in there and it would make the cows bigger so they would have more meat on them it would also try to help them kind of mass produce but mm-hmm. then on top of that it keeps them from getting sick mm-hmm. but through this this type of hormone number one wasn't good for the animal but on top of that isn't good for like people to eat because mm-hmm. it was getting transferred through the meat and how jane even discovered this was because her boss got sick yeah Literally. And it was like, it was, he basically had like Ray sick, Mm -hmm. but then also symptoms of like raised pitch and voice Mm -hmm. and like his chest was like swelling and these things that basically would come from a a surplus of estrogen. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so that basically the whole point, farmers started using it all the time because you could um, process animals like essentially an assembly line or... 
you could basically yeah, mass. It was so much easier to um, get these animals out, to get them bigger, quicker than to produce them quicker and yeah. then to distribute them faster. And basically they started using this hormone at the same time. They started prescribing it to pregnant women. Yeah. And believing that it would help with, you know, premature births or miscarriages or things like that. And so they would start at the same time as they were putting this in animals, they started prescribing it to women. And a little bit later, so 1971, doctors discovered that it would cause a rare form of cancer called clear cell adenocarcinoma in young moms. Yeah. So all this is going on. So basically, this was like the most, I think, surprising thing for me of that this kind of, to me, changed the trajectory of the book because then it really starts intersecting with Jane's personal life. Yeah. Because a couple chapters in, she meets this guy, Sloan, and he's this musician from Chicago, and he starts kind of like visiting her on the road. So mm-hmm. she's going to all these tiny towns, filming, doing her job, and he starts visiting her. Well, she gets pregnant. Yeah, which she didn't think that she could do. Which she did not think she could she, she had she, get- she had a prior marriage. Mm-hmm. She had a prior marriage where she married this African American man, which her mom did not like. No, because in Japan at the time that was like radical. Yeah, that was like pretty wild. But Jane was actually seeking out a different culture because she wanted to be so well rounded. Mm-hmm. She like sought this man out basically, which by the way he was okay with because he knew that's what she was yeah, doing. He he made a joke. They were very like sassy and funny about yeah. like their uh, their first interaction. And they got and they got married and they loved each other. Yeah. Um, and then she found out that she couldn't have kids mm-hmm. and they she, tried for like five years mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it led to kind of like their divorce. Mm-hmm. And so when she meets Sloane, um, their relationship is more sexual. Yeah. They don't really have a relationship of love. It's mm-hmm. more like meet on the road, let's get into it, mm-hmm. and then I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a little graphic, but we all talk about it because basically he wanted to have sex without a condom. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wanted to have sex without a condom. And she was like, okay, we can. And he's like, but that's kind of risky because, like, couldn't mm-hmm. you get pregnant? Mm-hmm. And that's when she tells him, like, actually, like, I'm infertile and all these things. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the DES, like, hormone comes in because she later realizes the reason why she was having these problems with her uterus and not being able to have kids mm-hmm. was because, like how Sadie said, they started giving it to pregnant women. They gave it to her mom. Her mother. And so, it got passed to her. So literally, it... It really starts intersecting with her own life because then she gets pregnant and starts to view all of these meat industries. She's going around to these places and where they distribute meat and like um, where there's big like slaughterhouses. And she's viewing it now in lens of like, oh, my gosh, I'm carrying this baby. And what could happen now? Like she's thinking about it in a whole new lens. Mm -hmm. And I just yeah, I thought that one was that was just to me a huge turning point in how she started viewing, okay, I have a serious responsibility now as mm-hmm. a documentarian to illustrate what I'm learning and to get this out in the public. Like I want to talk about it. So yeah. and when she yeah. discovers that this like hormone is not that good, she tries to send a fax because her and her boss send faxes mm-hmm. back and forth. She'll send it in English and he has someone that translates it to Japanese so mm-hmm. he can read it. And she's saying like like uh I've discovered all these things about me. I'm not sure if it's good that we're telling all these Japanese families to be making this when it's making people sick. It's tied to cancer. Like, I don't think this is a good look for the show. Mm -hmm. And he was basically like, 
you know, don't worry about that. That's not your line of work. I My sponsors are so good. Like, it's clean meat, whatever, even though it wasn't. It was not. And this is how um, Akiko, his wife, because she was meant to make all these meats, right? Mm-hmm. She's picking up dry cleaning one day for her abusive husband. Mm-hmm. And there's a fax in there, which actually happens to be from Jane, but nobody mm-hmm. knows that at the moment. And the person that deals with all the dry cleaning is like, I found this in your husband's you know, suit. And it was a woman. You know, this mm-hmm. all it's all housewives picking mm-hmm. up their, you know, their husband's things. And so they start making fun of her basically like, oh, insinuating he's, like, oh, maybe he's yeah. not being faithful to you. Mm-hmm. And insinuating something else is going on. Yeah. And she's like, at first just lets it go. But then they're like, you should be like so ashamed of yourself. Like he's got a better, he's probably got a whole family and you have no kids. Mm-hmm. Like, because she also has infertility issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of a whole other half of the story. So as Jane starts learning about this hormone, Akiko is basically kind of going through her own story of not having children. And she's not having them because there's a whole discussion of like her eating basically as it relates to having like a period essentially Mm -hmm. and so her husband like wants kids he's like we need to basically he's like we need to produce children like it's just we gotta have children and she from the very i thought this was so interesting from the very first date so Mm -hmm. like when she got set up on a date with her husband so akiko got set up on a date with her husband her future husband john their very first date she like got this like heaviness in her throat and she like couldn't swallow she like couldn't eat her food Mm. and so ever since then it started this whole inability for her to essentially like eat food and keep it down like she could eat food but she just would never be able to digest Mm -hmm. keep it down like it always would come back up and and she felt like it was that was like how her body was reacting she didn't know kind of what so she went to the doctor and he's like basically confirms well it's because because you're not eating and so basically she's also going through her own kind of form of infertility and Mm -hmm. not having children um and so but she's also choosing that yeah it's it's kind of weird because she doesn't want to give her husband she doesn't want to she doesn't obviously because he's abusive and she doesn't love him yeah and so she kind of it's unhealthy what she's doing and i think at first she didn't realize that that's what she was doing but then the doctor called her out on it and in a rude very rude way right but kind of open her eyes like well it's connected yeah he's like you he's like you're not giving your husband children because you don't want to because you're throwing it up. Right. And he's like, and I'm going to tell your husband. Right. Which was like the worst thing that he could do because her husband's abusive. Like mm-hmm. any little thing that she does wrong, he hits her, mm-hmm. kicks her, all of these things. And so he makes her kind of start eating and makes her not allowed to go into the bathroom. Well, and that's why actually this whole, so full circle, that's why this yeah. whole show even started. Yeah. Because basically he read something about like, oh, you need to eat red meat. Yes. You need to eat this meat and that's how you'll get like healthy and you'll gain weight and then you'll have babies yeah so then this whole inspiration for the show that they're filming which is called my american wife is literally for technically quote-unquote for akiko because Mm -hmm. he was like this is my the whole idea where it came from yeah and it's crazy because in the beginning of the show when it starts going well he's like praising his wife he's like you are the reason the inspiration for this Mm -hmm. like i promise i'm gonna get you help we're gonna figure out how you can gain Mm -hmm. weight all these things and then the more as the show goes on, the more he's underneath stress. He is underneath yeah. stress. That doesn't mean he can no, hit his wife anything, at all. No. But he's underneath a lot of the stress trying to make the show go, things like that. As 
Akiko starts to reveal that some of the show seems unauthentic Mm -hmm. to her. That's kind of when he starts becoming, like, abusive. And so she stops eating again because she doesn't want to get her period because she doesn't want to give this man a baby. Mm -hmm. So, so wild. So basically, these these two women start kind of uh, talking because Mm -hmm. of the facts that she gets. So Akiko reads this facts and starts recognizing oh my gosh there's a there's a person behind the episodes of the show that i felt like are really true and authentic and maybe she can help me Mm -hmm. which is really horrible that she didn't have anybody in her life that she could ask for help or that she felt safe with but she felt like oh my gosh like this woman jane is essentially like a truth teller she's like someone that is authentic and so maybe she can help me So basically she reaches out to Jane to kind of ask for help. And so then Jane starts connecting. Oh, my goodness. Like this show really does have so much impact. It's impacting people around the world. And it really spurs her on to basically be like, no, I need to show everything that I'm learning about this DES hormone and about what happens in slaughterhouses. And Mm -hmm. so it's really quite powerful. It's very interesting. So, um I'm curious what scene stuck with you the most of all the... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry I keep bringing back up Akiko, but... But I... Okay, yeah. So, Akiko, she's just such a big part in this yeah. story because... She's truly half of the book. She's half of the book. Yeah. She is. She's yeah. half of the book. They're, like, aligned, and, like, she reaches out to Jane in this fax, and she's, like... I'm being beat by my husband. My husband's actually the your boss in charge mm-hmm. of all this. And she's like, I need help. Like, I need help. I don't know what to do. And the one show that you wrote about was about this couple that was sharing how they had a happy life. And it resonated with her because she rec- Kiko recognized that she didn't have a happy mm-hmm. life. And she wanted a happy life. So she's like, where can I go to have my happy place? What can I do? Like, get me out of here. And um, her husband ends up finding this fax because Jane responds saying, like, if you ever need anything, come to New York. Like, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just it's so I won't get too into it because it is like if you read this book, this is like a trigger warning. There is a lot of abuse in it. Um, And it's hard to listen to. It's hard to read. Um, But basically, when he finds out, he basically beats her to a pulp. Yeah. And the part that got me was that while he's doing this. She's just laying there pretending to be dead yeah. because she feels like if she even opens her eyes or moves, like he will probably kill her. Mm-hmm. And it just blows my mind, the type of abuse, because it goes into what type of yeah. abuse she gets. And yeah, we won't get into yeah. that, but, but she really she just horrific. takes it and it just yeah. breaks my heart that it, it's like stuck out to me the most just because even through this documentary showing like how Japanese women should, like, behave. I feel mm-hmm. like she even learned that through this documentary mm-hmm. of, like, you know, good Americans, they just take it, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, going back to Susie Flowers, you just take it, yeah. and you keep loving your husband no matter yeah. what. And she learned that. And so mm-hmm. she endured all this abuse because she didn't think that she deserved better. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's, again, what's, like, so heartbreaking is, like, the way that, it's so interesting. It's just an interesting interesting discussion of like the way that I think cultures view each other, but mm. then the way that they're represented to others because the Japanese um, ad agency wanted a very curated specific 
view of American culture. Mm. They weren't really interested in, well, is that representative of American culture? Is that true of American culture? They wanted a specific look to then view in Japan. They yeah. wanted like a specific, um, yeah, just a kind of a specific ideal of what an American housewife looked like so that they could then keep Japanese housewives yeah. in a specific realm, honestly. Like they, and so I think you're so right of like, she was watching these shows and kind of being like, well, she was really connecting with the authentic ones, mm -hmm. but she was also seeing, well, it looks like a lot of these women just kind of live their life and they yeah. cook and they don't complain. And, and so I think that was like a really interesting evolution of the documentary but then also her perspective i think they kind of did a good job of kind of changing and evolving that as the book goes on of like where it starts and where it ends with both akiko's understanding of like oh i do not have to live this kind of life mm. i i don't have to be in this i can get out of this yeah. and i deserve that i don't deserve this and i don't this isn't what my future is doomed to look like mm. you know and i think that's also mirrored in the documentary of them showing more and more authentic, real. No, this is yeah. this is what an American quote unquote family could look like. It looks like all kinds of families, and yeah, yeah. I thought that was really. And since this is such a, it's like it's got funny parts, it's mm -hmm. got intense parts, and things yeah. like that. Did you find yourself racing to the end of this book, or did you find yourself having to put it down, take a break every once in a while? I I was really really into this book. And then about like three fourths of the way through, mm -hmm. it got really hard for me because um, honestly, so the scene where, so when Jane's pregnant, she does end up losing the baby. And that was like, it's just heartbreaking for me, obviously. Like I just was like, I don't want to read this. Like it was just really, just really hard because you don't want to, I mean, just the hope and the excitement of a baby and then all that going through. I just think it was just hard. But I do think the book itself, it was so compelling. Like, mm. I was so... All the characters were so good. Like, they were so well-developed. They were really interesting. Like, so I think for me, I definitely was like, I want to know what happened. So yeah. I kept reading. I was like really, really into it. I definitely took a little break, like, towards the like end just because i was like oh my gosh and so much of this is so heavy yeah. but i think also it that it mirrored again like the what was happening in jane's documentary of like the seriousness of what she realized she was onto and mm -hmm. what she realized she could help other people see through her documentary so i think like the book the storyline obviously just it would naturally get more intense because of what she was learning but yeah. what about you yeah, I think, um, honestly, it took me a while to get into the book. Because <laughs> at the beginning, I really was like, what is going on? Because, like, she she was explaining her family and, like, who she was. Yeah. Which, by the way, guys, Jane is six foot tall with green short hair. Yes. If you want to know what she looks like, yes. that's how they describe her. Yes. Um, and so it just, like, kind of getting into it was a little bit hard. Because I was like, okay, a documentary, but I wasn't really sure what was going on. Mm -hmm. But I definitely picked up the book more when it kind of started getting more personal yeah, and seeing how this documentary was like, you know, affecting people mm -hmm. and at the part where she, you know, loses her baby, she thought she wakes up in a hospital thinking like she had lost it because she was just at this feed lot. Mm -hmm. She got exposed mm -hmm. to some hormones, some toxins. Yeah. As well. And yeah. so she thought that that's 
how she lost her baby, but in a way that was true, but not because she was at the feedlot. Yeah. They thought that she had a bad uterus because of the DES that she was exposed to when she was in the womb, mm-hmm. like with her mother. Yeah. And so it's just crazy. And from that, she had actually gotten fired. Yeah. Because basically she was she was filming what was actually happening at that feedlot in that slaughterhouse. So she was filming like what the DS hormone had done to people yeah. and to animals like in real time. And of course, the John, the head of the Japanese ad agency, did not like that. Yeah. So she got fired. Yeah. And he didn't because he didn't want to show that part because no. he obviously knew about it. Right. He was sick from it. Right. And that's another thing is that he didn't want to accept the fact that the reason why he could not have kids was because yep. he was eating so much meat. Yep. He didn't think it had anything to do with it. And he didn't want to look at it once he was aware of it. He didn't want to look at it. And so she kind of just, she goes on to, um, she, her, basically her film cast, her film crew, Mm -hmm. um, even though after she got fired, they give her all these tapes because they're like, you know, we've got your back. We think this should be shown, like, which is crazy because like they could probably, I don't know, get sued for that. It wasn't theirs to give. Right. Um, And so she starts working hard on it. And that's kind of where it aligns up with uh, Kiko again, where Akiko calls her mm-hmm. from an airplane. And she's like, um, I know you said that I could come anytime, but like, I'll be there in eight hours. She's at like, your I'm doorstep. literally coming to New York. I'm out of here. Yeah. And which I think is when it kind of picks back up mm-hmm. again with a little bit of happy things. Yes. Yeah. And so, but no, I, I love the book. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I mean, do you think that it would, do you think you're going to remember it like in a few months? Is it like kind of one that you're like, well, how did it impact you? I guess. Like, yeah. do you think you're going to, eat me do you think <laughs> sorry <laughs> like do you like what did it yeah how did it impact you i guess yeah well i think okay yeah so i think there's two parts to this for me because mm-hmm. at the end of the book akiko finally gets free from her husband yeah. she flies out there she gets to meet some of the people that were interviewed for the show that made a big impact on her life to make her decide i deserve better mm-hmm. and so that really impacted me because you never know who's watching you yeah. like obviously there's this different than just regular life because she had a whole documentary but you never know who's watching you never know what you do how it affects other people Mm -hmm. and so it kind of just gave me that encouragement of like I never know who's walking around me and how I treat people and how I'm honest and how I'm vulnerable about Mm -hmm. the reality of life could save another person Mm -hmm. you know and so that just kind of impacted me in that way um (laughs) but what about you (laughs) I feel like you have more to say. No, I think um, for me, yeah, it was super impactful. I think Mm -hmm. it was just the most impactful thing of the hormone basically being such a devastating thing in food, a devastating thing that they were injecting into red meat. And so basically just I was really impacted of like you need to know what's in the food that you're eating and where it came from i think obviously you can do your very best with what you have and be what you have access to i Mm -hmm. think um but yeah i think that was just the most impactful thing to me of going like oh my gosh like you can be quote unquote doing what you think is best and then little do you know there's Mm -hmm. this freaking crazy hormone that they would inject so and i think a lot there's a lot more awareness around that now yeah like there's a lot more awareness around what's in your food and especially what's in your meat now but i thought those those two things were really impactful to me yeah so you're still eating meat i i am because i think i mean i think there's a lot of good things in protein and healthy aspects of animal protein and Mm -hmm. For you, but I definitely think 
I mean, I've been on this kick for a little bit now, maybe not with the meat specifically, like with our eggs, if we're doing ground beef, if we're doing ground turkey, like it's all organic. Like I'm really looking at where, Mm -hmm. what is in this thing, because I think it's just like, it's, yeah, I think it's super scary to not know where your food's coming from. I think that's the biggest thing too. Obviously, like if we had the access and the ability to kind of be like, well, we we go to the farm and we yeah. pick out our animal and we know where it came from. We know it was fed. We know how it was prepared. I think that's obviously the best possible scenario. But yeah. like yeah. I said, yeah, because you're not eating meat, are you? I'm not eating meat. <laughs> well, honestly, okay. So a little bit about myself. I used to be vegan. Um, for a while and then I had my baby and I wasn't vegan anymore but I like how you said like you really should be taking the time to look in what you're putting into mm-hmm. your body because like you said I think it would be so healthy especially I don't think red meat is good for anybody that's mm-hmm. just my personal opinion yeah. I do think like chicken is good for you because of the protein mm-hmm. um, but I think I like how you said like you got to look at where you're getting it from mm-hmm. because I think it's kind of weird that when we have babies or if there's younger kids around Mm -hmm. us that we're babysitting we're so particular about what we put in their bodies because we want to make sure that they're growing good and strong so what point in our lives do we stop caring about ourselves Mm -hmm. in that way you know where it's like we just trust the industry that whatever they make it's Mm going to be good enough just based off of what they put on the package Mm -hmm. but newsflash they lie all Mm -hmm. the time you know and so i think I personally am not, but that's just because that's what my husband and I have decided to do. Not based off of this book, by the way. <laughs> just she walked in, she's, I was like, are you eating She's like, well, I'm going back to vegan. But it's not because of this book. It's not because of this book. This is actually something that I've always thought about. Right. And also, it's just the easiest way for me to make sure that I am a healthy person. Yeah. And also, I'm just not... I know myself well. I'm not the type of person to do the research. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. And See, so, and I like the research, so that like doesn't bug me so yeah. much. But I fully get that where it's like it's so annoying and i'd rather just not buy it yeah it's just easier yeah, for me yeah and so i'm doing it more for like health reasons yeah. stuff like that but this this book does open your eyes to mm-hmm. how you never know what's actually going on so like do your research take yeah. care of yourself yeah you know i think i think the thing too is it can get very overwhelming once you start looking into this mm-hmm. aspect of food industry especially in the u.s like i feel like there's so few regulations in the U.S. actually as it pertains. I mean, there's so many documentaries on that. Yeah. That's not that's not a hot take. That's like very everyone knows that. But I think like I it just makes me feel it can be overwhelming. It can yeah. be scary. You can obviously start to freak out and think about what's in your food. What's and so I think it's just one thing at a time. Like mm-hmm. whether it's just your meats or whether it's just your produce or yeah. cans, whatever it is. It's just like. Just start with one little thing and just kind of take a look at the label. Just see what's in it. Like, don't get so overwhelmed by it. But I do think, like, a message of this book is definitely things are not always as they seem. Yeah. And whether that's in culture, whether that's in food, whatever that's in, Mm -hmm. and just to be more aware and to take a look at it. And so I do think, like, yeah, don't – I think if you read this, you can immediately – I mean, so easily you could just, like, freak out. Yeah. And be like, oh my gosh, I've literally never eaten anything meat again. And I mean, that's like, honestly, when you read this book, of course, that's like how mm-hmm. I, you kind of like, Meh. but I do think if you like take a breath and then just start with one area, yeah. it'll feel a lot less mm-hmm. 
overwhelming and yeah don't put that pressure on yourself that everything yeah. has to be perfect out no. at once because also health doesn't even work that way no. it ta- it if takes you're time. stressed that cortisol in your body is doing more harm than anything you're eating yeah. like that stuff is going around there and ruining any good thing you're trying to do and you're also your own person so i think like with us talking about what we would personally do like totally even with sadie and i we're gonna do different things yeah, yeah. but that doesn't change anything like you know it's like you just gotta do what's best for you as long right. as you're not hurting anybody like yeah. You know, you just got to choose what's best for you and your family. That's it. Yeah. And just like, yeah, being aware. I think all you can do is once you're aware of something, it's Mm -hmm. what you do after that that matters. So it's like you can't be all knowing of every single thing that you ingest and bring into your house and whatever. But it's like once you become aware of something, then you have an option of what you're going to do. Yeah. Okay, Mar, on a scale of one to ten. Oh, no, one to five. Okay. Ten's too big. Too (laughs) big. (laughs) What? Where would you place this book? Wow. Okay. And would you recommend it? If so, why? Wow. Heavy question. <laughs> the heaviest question I've had this whole life. No, I'm just going to From one to five, I'm going to rate it a three and a half. Okay. I would recommend this book, but maybe to specific people. Yeah. Um, I think if I knew someone in my life that like had a lot of trauma and a lot of triggers and stuff like that, I might not tell them to read it because I'd be like, it could be triggering for you. So like, don't read it. Like, why mm-hmm. not? You know, it's it's just one of those books. But at the same time, I feel like if people are, if I knew someone that's more interested in the meat industry, but doesn't like all science books want some yeah. fun in there, like the fun. <laughs> so just want some, want some story in there as well. So want some fiction. Um, I definitely would. But I, like I said, I started off thinking I was going to dislike this book, yeah. but I love it. So try something okay. new. Yeah. That's a good, what a message. Yeah. What a message, ma'am. No, I definitely think for me, I would put it at like, like a four and a half. Okay, for ma'am. Me. I know. Out just, of five. I love, I really love like good writing. and yes. compel- So for me, I, I almost, I guess, if I'm looking at this from like a literature book standpoint. Because she is a scholar, th- y'all, by a the way. A scholar. You know, I'm so sure. <laughs> but it's like, if I'm looking at it from that perspective, I'm like, this was such good writing. Mm. It was such a good storyline. Like, it was really interesting, compelling. Like, I think it talked about so many themes mm-hmm. that are important. Like, gender roles specifically female independence like it talked about a lot of things cultural um views it talked about so many themes that i thought were really important so if i'm looking at i guess from like a a literature standpoint it's like a four and a half for me as far as like recommending it i would i feel the same as you like i would recommend it to certain people Mm. like if someone's not into i don't know if they just want if they're into reading for purely for entertainment yeah like just for i want to relax and i don't want to watch a movie or like a show yeah i would probably not recommend them this because i feel like yeah it like this book stresses you out out. (laughs) it talks about a lot of like hard themes and it's like heavy and also yeah you start looking at your fridge you're like oh my god yeah so i So I think it's just like I would recommend, yeah, to certain people. But I definitely think it's an incredible book, and I do want to read her other ones. Her one that just came out, like who that won the Women's Fiction Prize this year. I want to read that one. It's I don't think it's anything. I don't know. It it doesn't seem anything similar. The title is like really ambiguous, so I can't remember. But But she definitely is a great writer. Yeah, 
Yeah. You can tell she knows what she's doing. She yeah. wrote a book or two. Yeah, she wrote a book or two. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Novelty Podcast. Come on. Yeah, be sure to follow us on our Instagram if you want to suggest books to read. Perfect. If you want to have a little inside peek on what we're talking about next week. Come on. If you wanted to read the book along with us this week, go for it. We'll put it on our Instagram. Um, yeah, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.